Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. Very happy to be with you today. Happy summer, everyone, wherever you are. I hope that you are making the most of this time. I was for two weeks at the beach and I'm home for a few days. There's nothing like being at home. As much as I've enjoyed being out near the beach, literally across the street, but I've been so busy, haven't gotten to the beach that much. But it's been a delight to be there, but also very special to be at home. I remember when I was growing up, my mother used to, every time we would be out and about, and then when we walked into the house, she would say, hello house, hello house, we're happy to be back. And there's something to be said for having a home and being able to enter it and re-enter it. I, w- I did a broadcast with my friend Sekou yesterday, and he was talking about some of the work that he's been doing over the past two years, I guess now, with unhoused people. First of all, I love that there's a new term that's much more inclusive. So many people have found themselves without homes for lots of reasons, and rather than calling them homeless, they are now being referred to as unhoused. And Sekou made a big effort as he was going through some challenges in his own life to offer his time, attention, love, and joy to people in greater need. And it turned out that those people were unhoused people. And he shared a story that was really riveting, moving uh, about, it was a, Sekou's in Nashville, and there was a tornado in Nashville a few months ago, and most people were not injured. But he spoke to a person who had been, who, who was an unhoused person who described how harrowing it was to be in a tornado under a tent, attempting to not be swept up by the swirling winds and just how frightening the experience was. Now, sure enough, a tornado is frightening for everyone. But, you know, I think of the, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. What if your house is a tent? or a box, or some other makeshift structure that has no support. I listened to that story and contemplated it, thought about it again last night, and, and then this morning, once again, obviously there are very concrete lessons in that story about the fragility of life, period, and especially if you do not have a home in which to live, a safe space in which to live. And then also looking more deeply at the sense of being in the space where you can be calm and feel peace and find clarity because you feel safe. And then as you look around and observe life, 
you can look differently. Maybe. You can look and listen differently. Maybe. When I say, who was telling me about this man who was incredibly frightened, he described how he, my words, but how he leaned in and listened more fully and openly just to be present with the man rather than, you know how some people listen a little bit and then their goal is to try to fix the situation? Okay, you told me you had a challenge. Okay, I have an idea. Here's my idea. I've got something for you. I've got something I have to tell you right this minute because if I tell you, it's going to make your life better. Are you ever, pardon me, are you ever that person? Do you ever find yourself to be the person who listens to interrupt, who listens to be the smart one, who listens to share all of one's knowledge to help, sure, but to be the one who knows, the all-knowing one, who listens to know and to fix. There's so many people in my world who listen to fix. And I have to tell you, I get tired of that, do you? You get tired of the listening to fix when someone is listening to you sort of and and when you present something that's going on in your life without saying, would you give me your input? Without saying, I really want to know what you think. But when you're just sharing, talking, wanting to uh, offer what's going on in your world, wanting to just talk, wanting to have a safe space, space like home where you can relax and share what's going on with you. What happens when you're in a space like that and folks pounce, it feels like a pounce with their answers to fix what's going on in your world. It's annoying, right? It's annoying, you can lose your train of thought. It doesn't feel respectful. And so I want us to contemplate today what it means to listen to understand. Listen to understand. And so how do you get into the frame of mind so that that is your choice? I began this episode talking about home and the sacred nature of home and what it feels like when you are in that home space. You can relax, you can you sh- let your shoulders relax. You can breathe more freely. You can be in a space where you feel like, wow, I can just be. I can just be because I'm in my space. And when in my space, I don't have to answer to someone else. I can just be. So from that space of being, you have the potential to listen more effectively. And I want to say we can take that space of being, of being safe, of feeling home, of feeling comfortable in our skin wherever we go. 
not the easiest thing to see straight away, but it really can work. If you make the decision, I, I'm going to take home with me. So when I encounter others, I can still be fully present, fully conscious within myself, and therefore able to listen and to be in the moment, in attunement to the moment, so that I'm not trying to fix something. I'm looking to be present and listen to understand. Understand whatever I'm supposed to understand. Sometimes it's what a person says. Sometimes it's how a person says something. <coughs> One's body language. Listening to understand sometimes means you close your eyes and hear all the sounds and the tonal quality of the other person's voice, the ambient noise, the immediate sounds around. Sometimes listening to understand means you open your eyes and you're using less hearing for sound and more sight for sound to help you understand what you are witnessing. It's little and subtle at the same time. If you drop the listen to fix, the listen to solve, and choose to embody the listen to be present and understand, it allows you to breathe differently. It allows you to lean in differently. It means that you don't have to feel the responsibility or burden of taking on someone else's stuff. That's not the point. The point is for you to choose to let go of the other thoughts that are roaming around in your head, let go of your checklist of things you have to do in a minute, let go of the worries that you had the moment before about something that didn't go the way you wanted it to. Let go of the excitement about who or what you were going to see and do next and be in the moment. When you drop all the other things, and even if it literally is for a moment and you are completely focused on the moment and the person or situation before you, and you choose to listen to understand what is being shared, interestingly, you often figure it out more quickly because you aren't distracted. You often are able to be responsive in a natural way because you don't have an agenda. Do you, do you understand how that works? So if you have an agenda, I'm, I'm going to meet up with this person, be in this moment because I've decided I'm going to fix this situation. Or I'm going to be here in this moment and pay attention. Now, I want to add some qualifications around this. Like in my work, I coach people. So when I have a coaching session with someone, my intention is to listen 
and to offer advice, feedback, insight. That's why I'm engaged. So I'm not saying that to listen to understand means you let go of your role in the moment if you have one. You can hold on to your role, but don't allow that role to make you a fixer. And by the way, there's so many moments, and I'll say for myself, you know, as a coach, there are many roles, but many times, many moments when that isn't my role. So put the coach hat down if the role is to be a friend. Put the coach hat down if the role is to be a sister, an auntie, a neighbor. When it makes sense to put on my, speaking about me, just to give you an example, to put on my professional hat and say, you know, may I help you in this moment? You also ask for permission to share through a different lens. What that does is to make it possible for the person with whom you're engaged to understand on their side, oh, the moment has changed a little bit. It has shifted a little bit. And now it has shifted in a way that you both can listen differently. So I want to give you an example of this because I, I believe that examples help us to look at our own lives and figure out how we might be able to apply what someone else did to our own situation. So I was sitting yesterday on the beach, so grateful to be there, talking to a friend, and a woman walked up to me, someone I had not seen in several years. I don't know her well. She is a jewelry designer who uh, I had uh, produced a pop-up shop at my daughter's school several years ago, bringing together all kinds of designers. It was a wonderful event. And she was one of the designers. And she reminded me of how we knew each other. And she was walking with the woman who was her model, who was beautiful. And she was wearing her jewelry and it was nice because we got to see her jewelry. And then she began to tell me about her plans for the future, for her business. And as I listened, you know, really just chill. I'm sitting back with my friend. We are enjoying the moment. These two women approach and I'm listening, enjoying her share about her business. And at a certain point, my professional hat, I felt it come out and go on top of my head. So I've spent most of my career in one way or another working in the space of fashion, fashion beauty style, presentation. It's very specifically uh, with fashion and accessories as an editor for a long time. So that hat just came out and she was saying some things and I had knowledge that could help her if she was interested. So I felt the uh, urge to offer her insight based upon what I know about her industry. And so I asked her if I could tell her about another company that had done something similar to her that might be helpful. And she said, yes. And then I shared with her something 
I gave her an example of a company that is, is a, step, a couple steps ahead of her doing something similar, and it might benefit her to take a look at the case study. And she was grateful. And then we talked a little more. And there was another insight that just kind of bubbled up. And as she was sharing her story, I asked her again, can I tell you something that I think might be beneficial? And she said yes, and I shared it with her. Now, I know even when you get permission and you share things, a lot of times people don't really listen. And sometimes they dig in, well, I'm doing this this way and blah, blah, blah. And if she had done that, that was fine. I was on the beach with my friend. I wasn't working. I put on my professional hat because, because she kind of drew it out. Well, and, and I didn't push hard. I just shared and kept it moving. I got an email from her in that very same evening thanking me and saying that she had listened closely. And then this morning, that less than 24 hours later, she sent me a communication saying that she had taken one piece of advice and already put it into action. Listen to understand. I was fully present in the moment when she approached. We had a lovely exchange, a couple of pieces of information that seemed to be that they could be helpful to her came up within me. I asked her if I could share. She said yes, I shared. And and then the moment was over. It wasn't prolonged, it wasn't dogmatic. It was a matter of fact. And in this case, my listening to understand her and then her listening to understand me benefited. Benefited her because she used it to support her business. Benefited me because this is the work that I do. And when people, when I have something to offer and people receive it in the way that I intend, then it means that that my life's work matters because it's helping people even when it's not official. Listen to understand. I have a quote, which I know you know that I do, that I found. Here you go. Listen. Getting your selection from Audible. Ooh. Resuming words on fire. There's eight hours. That is my... For A. Nielsen. Hold on. Read by Kathleen One McInerney. second. You want to know what that is? And it's still going. Hold on. My name is Audra. That is, I can't even say her name, the A word. <laughs> you know those electronic things that talk, like Siri, the A one? I didn't even say her name and she started talking. My husband says, all these electronics are watching us and listening to us. I think so. All right, so where, where's my quote? <laughs> that was something. Uh, here we are. Listen with curiosity. Speak with honesty. Act with integrity. The greatest problem with communication is we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. 
When we listen with curiosity, we don't listen with the intent to reply. We listen for what's behind the words. Isn't that great? That's from Roy T. Bennett, his book, The Light in the Heart. So there was a lot in there. Let me read it to you again. Listen with curiosity. That's that lean in listening. Speak with honesty. Act with integrity. The greatest problem with communication is we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. When we listen with curiosity, we don't listen with the intent to reply. We listen for what's behind the words. Powerful, right? Listening with curiosity. And I have a new friend, Scott Shigeoka, who teaches people about curiosity, about choosing to be curious. Because when you approach your life and the moment with curiosity, there are all kinds of things that you can discover. Listen with curiosity. That means you want to know. You're leaning in. You go, whoa, what is that person talking about? What can I learn in this moment? Not what can I fix in this moment? How can I, it's not how can I draw more attention to myself in this moment? What can I learn in this moment? When I approach the moment with curiosity, with honesty, with integrity, with my full self, what happens? It's a curious, using the word curious, reality that when we, you know, when we take on the attitude that children have, young children, typically young children are curious. They're like, oh, what do I see now? What's happening? What, what is before my eyes? I watched a number of children this weekend at the beach. The beach is one of the most fascinating places period, but for children, for hours, they can sit and watch and learn and discover. Um, two little boys, maybe about five and seven, found a crab and they got a little stick and they, they, the crab uh, grabbed onto the stick and they were able to walk around and, and showcase their crab and then put the crab in a little bit of water and take it out and up and down the beach they went with the crab until their grandmother said, You've got to put that crab back in the water so that it can still live. The curiosity of this living creature, think about it. This creature with a hard shell that walks sideways, that can breathe a bit out of water, but really needs to live in water. They were fascinated by this creature. And then there was the, well, they said they were making a sand castle, but actually they dug a trench in the sand till water came up. And then they were attempting to put little boats that they had made in the water. They were, they were, they were like our television, our, right before our eyes. As we're sitting there, we see the waves coming gently in and out. Here are these children who are so curious about the simplest things, about nature. And being able to jump in the waves and come back. And these are tiny waves on the bed. They're jumping in the waves and coming back and cooling off. They're feeling a sense of freedom. Their uh, caretakers or guardians or grandmothers or mamas are there. 
they have space to be free and they are enjoying that freedom and simply being curious and discovering and learning and taking on a sense of pride that they learned something that they can share with others. What if we decide to take on that wonder and curiosity that children have? The joy of discovery when they learn something new, when they can share with their friends or their elders something different and unique that's coming to their awareness and suddenly I've learned something. And sometimes I can relate what I learned to a, another situation. Oh, that crab reminds me of something that I learned in school right before we got out this summer. Something that, oh, there's a shell back at the house. Is that the shell the same thing as this creature? You know, whatever it might be, the sense of wonder that our children have, the sense of curiosity about what's before them is something that we can adopt. Whether you have children or not, by the way, you were once a child adopting an attitude of leaning in, of choosing to learn, of listening to learn and understand. What does this moment have for me? What can I absorb observe and benefit from if I simply choose to be present. When you put on the, when you engage the sense of listening so finely that you understand you're listening to understand. You're not, you, you it's more than accepting that you're listening. It is treasuring that you're listening to understand actually makes you more efficient with time. A lot of the things that we talk about here on Dream Leapers Inspiration are literally about efficiency. If you do what this quote says, and I'm gonna read it to you again. If you do what this quote says and you choose to live with honesty and integrity and curiosity, it makes you more efficient. Let me read you the quote again from Roy T. Bennett, whose book is The Light of the Heart. Listen with curiosity, that's like the child. Speak with honesty. How many times do you tell the truth? How many times do you not? Little things that are untrue are still untrue. When you say things that are untrue, it burdens you. And then you have to remember what you said. It's just an impossible thing to do well, to lie. So speak with honesty, act with integrity. That requires you to process your thoughts, your feelings, your words, your actions. What does integrity mean to you? What, it, what does it mean to you to live an honorable life? You kind of have to figure that out. You figure it out over time. You process what you value. Hopefully, you are basing a lot of the ways that you live on things that your parents taught you when they were sound, but as an adult, you were double checking to make sure, do I still believe this? Is this in alignment with how I think I should live or is it something that I perhaps should do differently? 
Bennett says, the greatest problem with communication is we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. How many times have you been guilty of listening to reply? Um, I know I have been guilty of it many times and I make the effort to listen to understand. How many times have you felt, here, here's the time, I, I work on a project with a woman who's so smart and there's so much work to be done to crank out with this project. I mean, people are tired at the end of every day that they're working on this project because it's chock full of checklists, things that need to be done. And because it is that way, she sometimes feels the need, the urge, the push to check things off quickly. So if people are talking and they're talking too long or what they're saying seems insignificant or off center, off course, if she doesn't feel like she has time to listen to whatever it is that they're talking about, she interrupts them. She listens to hear the nugget and jumps in, interrupts them and says, this is what we need to talk about and wipes the rest away. And she does it in a way that hurts people's feelings. It's abrupt. And then they react and she wonders what happened. And it happens over and over again. And there are times when people tell her and she tries for a little bit to behave better but her knee jerk is to motor through because she's got that checklist. And as of today, I wanna to say she, she is making the effort and the challenge is because the checklist is so long, it is really difficult for her to take a breath and say, hmm, if I listen to understand what's happening in this moment and how Hmm. How might I better serve the moment so that without being like the bull in a china shop, I can help things to be more efficient? I'm waiting for that day. And by the way, I'm not her coach. So I'm not, I've, I've pulled her aside once to ask if I could provide feedback and I did, but I'm not her coach. So I'm not, I'm not making the mistake of going to her all the time saying, what about this? Think about it this way. Do it. Well, how about doing it this way? Because that's annoying and doesn't work. She comes to me when she feels the moment. I offer when I can. And I offer to the moment whenever I can. The moment that includes her and other people. So you see, I, why do I give that example? I always tell you, examples help us to see how we might do things in our lives. And the truth of the matter is what I am talking about, listening to understand, is not easy to do because we have our patterns, we have our, our checklists, we have our ways, we have the ways of other people who are part of this human dynamic, and we have to figure it out. But being in the moment, being present, choosing to breathe and stay centered can help. It really can help. Okay, what else does this say? When we listen with curiosity, we don't listen with the intent to reply. We listen for what's behind the words. So let's go back to that situation with my um, colleague. If I listen to her, 
with curiosity and furthermore to the whole moment. And I'm listening for what's behind the words. That's when I have compassion. I have compassion for her because I know she's just trying to make sure that she completes all the tasks. When I listen to the other people who are part of the team, I know they are making the effort to be as clear as they can. And sometimes they come to the meeting unclear. So if you listen with curiosity, then what can you do? Perhaps in reflecting on that moment, you can bring a recommendation for another way to structure the meeting, a recommendation for many meetings leading up to the meeting. Those are just two ideas. For you, what can happen to make you practice active listening with curiosity? How can you do that with greater intention? How can you be more efficient and joyful when you choose to listen to understand? What can you do with your understanding once you have it? Ah, this is what is behind this communication. I believe this is what this person means. And by the way, you need to check in with people. Don't just assume that you know. What you think you understand is very important to check with others to determine, did I get it right? And so I want you to practice this this week. Listen to understand. Every time you're on the phone, every time you're talking to a loved one, every time you're in a meeting or communication at, at or with people from your work, pause, take a breath, lean in, listen to understand what's happening. What does the moment call for? What is your role in the moment? How can you show up so that you best suit the moment? You best serve the moment. When you do that, the amazing thing that happens is that you become more efficient. It is, it's a wonder, like the wonder of children. If you're just present, often the light goes off and you discover something that helps to serve that moment with more joy, with more clarity, with more positivity. And I trust me, when you're positive, it is easier for even the most difficult things to be addressed. When you approach a moment, not as a know-it-all, no matter what your role, even if you're the big boss, but with curiosity, you create space for others to be curious and for you to share curiosity. It doesn't become us and them, it becomes we. It becomes us all together, not us and them. We are all one comes So go forth and listen to understand. Can't wait to see you next week. Until then, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.